Coming to you on some serious tape delay via a podcast near you. From that hockey hotbed of San Jose, California, it's Dudes on Hockey. He is now accepting callers. He is calling me Dude. And now, your hosts, Mike and Doug. Hey there, and welcome to the Dudes on Hockey podcast. I'm Mike, that's Doug. Yeah. Yeah. What's up, dude? Doug Wilson strikes again, dude. You know, Doug Wilson should be like a real estate agent, right? I swear. I mean, this guy is the best ambassador for the for the Bay Area anywhere. I mean, you only get let Brian Campbell get away, and you know it makes you question Brian Campbell's entire uh, decision making process, right? I mean, holy smokes! Doug Wilson pulled off what I think a lot of people a few weeks ago thought was less than a 50-50 chance. Even me. Right? And here we are, Eric Carlson, you know, probably the biggest part of the Sharks core for the next eight years at $11.5 million uh, per year total, just total. That's it. He's getting a one point one million dollar cap hit. No, uh, no. At age twenty nine, we are going to see health permitting the prime of one of the best defensemen in the NHL. It's it's crazy. It's I. In fact, you just uh, ate a free lunch based on my. Uh, <laughs> My thinking that he was not going to sign, especially after what he said on Twitter after the season was over, you know, all the rumors of Tampa Bay wanting to sign him and him being friends with Victor Hedman, his wife uh, wanted to be closer to her family on the East Coast. It seems like there were so many factors sure. that indicated he would not stay in San Jose, and yeah. yet he does. Uh Signs for Drew Doughty plus money. I think the same percentage of the cap hit that Drew Doughty caught. And uh, he's wrapped up as a shark for a long time to come, dude. Why did this happen? And why did he not go to free agency? Well, according to the man himself, Eric Carlson, this happened because uh, the Sharks were the best place for his hockey career. He said that on KMBR yesterday when he was interviewed. And he said it came down to... Um, you know, repeatedly we heard him say and other sources say that he really respected how the Sharks handled him and his wife uh, when they acquired him. There was no pressure or talk of contract. He made it clear when they were acquired that um, he didn't want to talk about it and he wanted to have a chance to just play hockey and then they would assess the situation when the season was over. And the Sharks did exactly what he asked for right. and they left him alone and they let their, you know, solid locker room and team culture speak for itself. Uh, I'm sure the guys themselves were the best ambassadors that you could ever ask for. Right. And that so many of them have been here and stayed and taken less to stay and that they have been part of this community and this team for so long that, you know, he, I'm sure Eric Carlson picked up on all those cues and the fact that, they all know that if he had been healthy and Pavelski had been healthy and Hurdle had been healthy at the end, mm -hmm. that they might have been the one lifting the Stanley Cup. Right. And they probably, I'm sure he looks at the landscape and goes, 
the West is still completely wide open. Yeah. It is wide open. The door is there again if the Sharks can bring back the same team-ish to do it. There's no reason why they can't, so why not, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's why he did it. I think he must have known that the other options that were out there would likely not have been this, the same type of option in terms of winning, except for Tampa Bay, which I think we have to assume was not a real option. I think that certainly looking at the cap hit and all the reading the articles about it, as I'm sure many Sharks fans feverishly did, uh, thinking about this situation, um, he probably would have had to take a several million dollar haircut compared to the Sharks contract per year. Sure. If he went to Tampa. And as we know from this year and looking to see how Tampa did in the playoffs this year, <laughs> losing, not only losing in the first round, but getting swept, which is something no one predicted. You can't predict what's going to happen in the NHL. If you ask people before even the playoffs, the day the playoffs started, that the final two teams were going to be the Bruins and the St. Louis Blues, no one would have picked that matchup. I'm sure no one did pick that matchup. So the NHL is not the NBA where you can say the Golden State Warriors are going to make the finals every year. You know, the NHL is is much more difficult to predict than that. And he decided to go with what Doug Wilson has always been selling, which is you come to a good team. We're going to treat you well. The players here are good. The franchise does the business correctly and with respect towards all of its players and the players' families. And he said, you know what? Sign me up. <laughs> I want some more of that. Right. And, yeah. it's, and it, like you said, it's worked so many times. You know, I was convinced it wasn't going to happen because it can't happen every time. You know, you can't sell a guy on the, on the team in the city every single time. But, geez, he's done it a lot of times. Goodness gracious, he's done it a lot of times to a lot of different players. So um, we don't need to go over that list again. But uh, yeah, I mean, certainly, but I have to be honest. I'm going to be totally honest here. When I when I read the news, it was not, my reaction was not unadulterated joy because I saw $11.5 million and I thought to myself, that's a lot of years for a guy who has not been particularly healthy over the last few and what does that mean for Joe Pavelski? And then, you know, I think I got a little bit over it because I read some articles on The Athletic and all these guys are like, he's the best player. You keep the best player. You know, all, Burnside and LeBron and all these guys. Yeah, that's the right move. That's what you got to do. He's the best player. He's a difference maker. He can be a difference maker in every single game. The guy is just an elite force. Um and then, yeah, that makes sense. That's what you got to do. And clearly, this was Doug Wilson's plan from the beginning, right? He he thought to himself, even before that trade happened last year, I'm going to have to give this guy $11.5 million. I'm going to have to give him Drew Doughty money. This is what we have to be prepared to offer him, or else it's not worth making this trade, right? That's what he thought. There's no question, dude. I mean, Doug Wilson, when he makes a move, he's looking three moves ahead. I mean, he knew that this was going to be the plan, you don't give up you know, what they gave up, which was four players, right? Yeah. Chris Tierney, Dylan DeMello, Josh Norris, who's no prospect to sneeze at, right? right. Yeah. Rudolph Balsers, a first, and a second, yeah. right? So And now uh, another second? And didn't they sign don't they give another second now that they signed him? I can't remember. Yeah, you're right. You're right. There's a c- two conditional um 
Let's see. The conditions on the picks, I, I, I can't remember. But you're right. Now that they signed him, it's another second. And you don't give up that kind of collateral, right? Unless you're planning to keep the player, right? right? Unless you're planning to keep the player. So I think that was the plan all along. And we saw, we saw what this was when they were healthy. Mm-hmm. They were the best team in the NHL. They would have been and will be one of the favorites to win the Stanley Cup if they can keep this roster together. And I know that's a big if. That's a big if. But I don't think, I think you, you know, um, after the day after this happened, Justin Braun was traded, right? <laughs> and dude, this was, it, that trade was in place. Oh, that, that trade was was for agreed upon a who long knows time ago. how long yeah. that's been oh, a, yeah. agreed upon. And the next moves have already been mapped out. Now, whether they'll ha- happen on plan A, B, or C, I don't know. There are other things that are happening, you know, around the NHL that could throw wrinkles into these plans. Uh, other contracts that are being given out, other moves that are happening. But so far, I think moves one and two have played out exactly the way that Doug Wilson scripted it. He knew that by keeping Eric Carlson, he could not afford to keep Justin Braun this year or to re-sign him to what will likely be a more handsome deal than the Sharks are looking to give a player who at that point would be 33 years old, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So... Uh, they were going to walk away. And to get a second and a third for Justin Braun, plus the full cap savings, is a good deal. It's a good deal. It's a good deal. And and since it happened the day after, clearly Doug Wilson went to the Flyers a while ago and said, we're trying to sign Carlson. If we sign him... Yeah. You in? Braun is, Braun yeah. is on the table. Right. And it happened right away. So, you know, clearly that was that was probably locked in before... And, and that may have even been like a contingent deal on the on the Carlson signing. It's like I have to find a place for Justin Braun even before sure. we, we look to sign Carlson because we need to solve this Joe Pavelski issue. And, and clearly, I think to everybody, that's a Joe Pavelski, maybe not saving issue, but that certainly helps the Joe Pavelski situation. And you, you might, you know, even have a, a, you would imagine, I'm no GM, but I'm sure Doug Wilson and Cliff Fletcher have obviously talked multiple times over many years and made several deals together. And he probably knows that Cliff Fletcher likes Justin Braun. Yeah. So when it came time to that, he probably called him. Mm-hmm. So I know that we've talked about maybe Justin Braun was going to be in that Brent Burns trade, you know, several years ago, right? right we don't right. know. Yeah. And um, how many times they've discussed that player or other players. So when it came down to it, he found a good match. He got a good price and got back some draft assets and the Sharks cleared some space. So here we are. The Sharks have, you know, this blue line that is incredibly top heavy with Carlson, Burns and Vlasic. And you can even include Brendan Dillon in that mix. Right. Uh, and then some question marks below that. Right. Um, and that is a, a great start. But as you said, dude, there are many other phases to this offseason and you've identified uh joe pavelski as the next step but i would disagree with you 
Yeah, I I want to talk some more about that because yeah, I, I I had a conversation with another friend of mine about this situation, and, and maybe we'll get to that. But you, I think we both agree what the next major step is. You have to sign Timo Meyer. You have to sign Timo. You Meyer. have to sign Timo Meyer before anyone gets a chance to do what Doug Wilson did to the Chicago Blackhawks. <laughs> That's right. Which was do an offer sheet with I think really little intention of having the player be on your roster and knowing that they would have to match because. If Meyer doesn't sign before we go to free agency, the Sharks are handcuffed. They're completely handcuffed because then they can't do anything with Pavelski. They can't do anything with any other players until they know that Meyer is in for a certain dollar amount. Um, that's the next step. It must happen. And I think it will happen in the next couple days. I think we'll know incredibly soon you know, what Timo Meyer's term and uh, amount of money are. Yeah, yeah. I think it might take longer than that. And it might be more of a parallel track with Pavelski because you have to think about, you know, the, you know, how you treat him as a as a player and as a as the captain of the team. You don't sure. want to say like, dude, take a back seat. We got to worry about Timo Meyer. You can't, you can't let that message be the one. No, uh, I mean, no, the, the Pavelski contract, there's a couple ways that they could do that and we can get to that. But... You know, Myers, uh, some team might go cuckoo. Kevin Hayes just got $7 million. Right, right. Isn't Timo Meyer a better player? I'd, I'd take Timo Meyer over Kevin Hayes right now, sure, every day of the week. So, some team that's got a bunch of cap space that's looking to add a good player now might go cuckoo mm -hmm. and offer him 5 and 35. And then the Sharks are in big trouble. Yeah, that's true. Because either they got to match it and walk away from Pavelski, or they let him go and take back the two or three first-round draft picks that'll come their way from the team right. that made that signing. And in some ways, maybe Doug Wilson knows that that's a possibility. And maybe he's, I don't know, maybe he's okay with either outcome. Yeah. You know, because he's already he they have no first round picks. Yeah. So maybe they don't mind getting them Not back for a while. And yeah. then and then you use those to reload. So there's several different scenarios here. But I think no doubt the the priority is signing Timo Meyer. I looked at some comps and this is the best one that I could find. William Carlson. Yeah. All right. William Carlson had seventy eight points two years ago. He got five and five point two five. Mm-hmm. I think that's a pretty good comp. JT Miller got five and 5.25. He had 200 plus NHL games. He had 58 points his free agent year. So, yeah. Timo Meyer is going to get $5 million. $5 million. Now, does he want five years? Does he want three? Right. You know, um, you know, is he going to bet on himself or does he want longer term? If you're the Sharks, I don't know if they care, right? Yeah. You just got to keep him. You know, you just got to keep him. But that's the dollar amount that we're looking at. Five, 5.25. I think that's fair. If you look at what William Carlson got, he had a better year than Meyer. Not by a ton, but mm -hmm. a better year. Yeah. So that's probably what we're looking at. And the other part of this equation is Kevin LeBanc, which I think I find to be a little more important than you do. Yeah, I'm... I don't know. I, I'm, had, I'm hot and cold with 50, Kevin. He had 56 points. Uh, he, had a good, he had a good year. Had I a, mean, I'm not going to deny he had a good year. He had a really good year. Yeah. We couldn't find a net with both hands in a flashlight. He sure did during game seven. Yeah. Okay. When you needed him. Yeah. Yeah. One game. 
<laughs> that mean we should have signed JR for oh, five years no, after but that I mean, game that was, those Calgary. are some pretty clutch moments in Sharks franchise history, and he was there and he showed up. I'm not saying he wasn't. I, you know, like I said, still I'm, a young I'm, player. He's, I'm not. I'm hot and cold on him, but I, I understand uh, people being high on him. Um, you know, it, it's just one of those things. I, I, I don't think you let him go for nothing, but I'm maybe I wouldn't give him, you know, a huge amount of money right just yet because I don't see. Uh, a history of work I see one pretty good season and a good playoff and I don't know there's been you know the NHL has been littered with big contracts given to players in one good year yeah I mean I think that the the challenge here is that it's not like LeBanc has played one season he has 214 NHL games under his belt Mm -hmm. and 30 playoff games yeah yeah you know this is an established NHL player at this point right yeah and he's had a 56 point season and a 40-point season. So, you know, I mean, not not a bad player even in what might be considered, you know, a a medium year for a guy who you want to be a scorer. He's still at 40 points in 2017-18. So, I, <laughs> I think we're looking at some somewhere, like the comp I pulled for him was Anthony Mantha from the okay. Detroit Red Wings. Yeah, yeah. Two years, 3.3 Mantha had 48 points before he signed his contract. I think that's a decent comp. I think with LeBanc, maybe you go shorter term. For him, he might also bank on himself. Right. And take a two and seven deal. And if he continues to go up into the 60 point range, right. then he can get even more money either with the Sharks or somewhere somewhere else later. But if they lose LeBanc... That's incredibly difficult to replace. Yeah, I mean, you can't lose LeBanc and Pavelski. You no. You can't lose or well, LeBanc I mean, and Meyer. You no, can't you lose can't. Two of those guys. You so can't. I think you go. You sign both those guys before free agency comes around. And I think the reason why I think it's got to be soon is because I think you have to sign Joe Pavelski too before yeah. July first. You yeah. have to sell sign him. And I, I think they want to, and I think that's the plan, but I think there are a couple things that have to happen. Meyer and LeBanc and Gambrell, who I think will be less of a offer sheet candidate, but right, you still need to sign him. And then you've got to do one of these salary dump trades. I think Milker Carlson at $2 million a year is going to have to go. Mm-hmm. I think Aaron Dell at one point nine absolutely needs to go and you're going to have to add an asset of some kind to a trade and go find a team that has cap space and give them we're not talking about Merkley here right but we're talking about another young player with Carlson and Dell and uh, we'll uh, clear some space I think the Sharks have to do that too that's coming Dude, let me let me hit the other side of the argument for Pavelski. Not that I really have my heart in it, but here, to me, here's the argument against signing Joe Pavelski, and it's very simple. The argument is Logan Couture. Logan Couture has been an excellent playoff performer the last couple of years. He had a great year this year, and he basically who can forget him scoring 20 seconds into the major penalty against Vegas turning to the bench, not in celebration and saying, that's one, right? That's the moment 
I think a lot of Sharks fans remember from that particular turnaround against Vegas. It was Logan Couture took the team and put it on his back and led them to the second round of the playoffs. So Logan Couture clearly captain material in my view. And I wonder a little bit if the Sharks cooled slightly on Pavelski because they got a guy ready and willing to take his captaincy spot if he leaves. You know, Logan Couture can easily be that guy. Logan Couture will be the next captain of this team if Joe Pavelski doesn't sign. You at all convinced by this argument, dude, or am I just uh or am I just trying to talk myself into it somehow? Dude, I am convinced by the captaincy part of it. I am not convinced that you will find the thirty eight goals that Joe Pavelski <laughs> scored know, last year that led the team right. somewhere else. That's the biggest problem. Yeah. I mean, yeah. even at 34, soon to be 35, right? I mean, Joe Pavelski is going to turn 35 uh, July 11th. That I, I see no reason, if healthy, why Joe Pavelski would not score 30 goals again next year. Just yeah. based, he his game is not based on speed. His game is based on positioning, sniping, and tips, right? right. Yeah. That's his game. Yeah. And that type of game translates well into your 35, 36, and 37-year-old season, right? It's true. He he doesn't... It's not like we're seeing the decline of Patrick Marlowe right before our eyes, which <laughs> we'll get to that. We'll get to that. But that's that's not the same type of player. You're 100% so, right. So um, I don't disagree about the captaincy. I do have a problem with replacing his 38 goals, which even if you said, okay, well, uh, if Pavelski leaves, we will turn to Gustav Nyquist uh, at, you know, 22 goals combined between his two teams to replace him, that's still 16 goals short. Yeah. And not the same player at all. Nyquist does not get in the middle of the hard stuff He's a plays on the outside and is more of a playmaker and no disrespect because he's way tougher than I would ever be, but I would say a softer player right. than Joe Pavelski is, who's willing to literally get destroyed over and over again right. to score a goal by standing in front of the net. I don't think that they're going to walk away from him. I think he's coming back, dude. I think that Doug Wilson made a point to say at the press conference that you should not read too much into anything. <laughs> you, that right. There's an order of business here. Yeah. yeah. Like there's an order of business. And the first order was signing Eric Carlson. And the second order was trading Justin Braun. And the third step is keeping Timo Meyer. And then the fourth step is signing Joe Pavelski. Can you imagine a year ago if uh, sitting here and thinking that Eric Carlson would be basically a shark almost for life. I mean, we'd not, we would not. No, it was so it. out of left field. It we was crazy, and that's it. why, you know. And and the other part of this dude is there could be something that is so completely off the radar for us, right? Could be. That maybe Doug Wilson has no intention of signing Kevin LeBanc. Maybe he's going to trade him at the draft. Yeah. For who knows? Who knows what? Right? For a defenseman or something? Mm -hmm. Maybe. We don't know. Like, or maybe he's going to trade him for a younger, more controllable player. Like, um, maybe he's going to shock shock you with some other move. Where all of a sudden, out of left field, someone else is on the move, right? Well, let's, um, let's you don't talk, know. Let's talk about defensemen, dude, because 
you know, with, with Justin Braun gone and him being one half of one of the best defensive pairs for a number of years sure. with Vlasic. Yeah, it's a huge it's loss. A, it's a hole. And, and it certainly seemed like Pete DeBoer was very reluctant to play either Tim Heat or Joachim Ryan last year. Surprisingly to many, because Joachim Ryan seemed to have a, a spot all locked up right next to Brent Burns for a whole season. And then all of a sudden he's on everyone's uh, naughty list. And so the Sharks have a big question mark at D, dude. Do you think the Sharks will try to fill that hole? Yes, I do. I think they will. I think uh, I think Joachim Ryan is done. I do not think they'll bring him back. You know, I, I don't know why they would. Um, I mean, maybe they will go with either Ryan or Tim Heed, one or the other. But Joachim Ryan wasn't good last year. He wasn't good in the playoffs. I think Tim Heed gives you more of a plus side in what he's good at. And Joachim Ryan has kind of fizzled out. Unless you believe the uh, addition of Bob Bugner back to the coaching staff will rehabilitate Joachim Ryan, which right. maybe it's possible. It will, right? Possible. Um, but I don't think the Sharks will be looking in that direction. Um, I think there are, are some fascinating things on the buyout market, dude. Um that I, I think are ways that we see a lot of NBA teams fill their rosters, especially around the t- trade deadline by getting veteran players who've been bought out by their teams to go ride shotgun on a title run. Mm-hmm. And might we see that this year uh, with a player like Dion Phaneuf, dude, who <laughs> the, Sharks, crazy. the Sharks have been linked to Dion Phaneuf multiple times over the last several years, yep. right? Um, and he's never been a shark, but I think if we believe what's written that there's been interest on Doug Wilson's part and now he is a free agent who is making a ton of money and probably not interested in necessarily having a payday because, you know, it's like when the Giants got Pablo Sandoval back, Mm -hmm. the Red Sox were paying him. $20 $20 million or whatever, and he's playing for the minimum right. for the Giants because he's getting his money. Yeah, yeah. So if you're Dion Phaneuf, why wouldn't you want to go somewhere where you don't have to be the man, you could play 12, 13 minutes, and maybe win a cup? Is it crazy to think that Dion Phaneuf might be the type of player who would play on his, on the minimum for the San Jose Sharks? I don't think that prospect is crazy. I, I don't know. There, the rumors surrounding Dion Phaneuf are not great over his career. And luckily now the Sharks have a really good resource to find out about him, right? Because mm-hmm. Eric Carlson played with him for a couple years in Ottawa. And that didn't end so well for Dion Phaneuf. And so if I was even considering signing Dion Phaneuf, I would be my first, sure. my first call would be to Eric Carlson. Absolutely. One, you want to keep him happy, but two, he knows, he knows of course. he played with them for multiple years. How is he in the locker room? Is he going to fit with this group of guys? Is he going to be some sort of prima donna guy? Can he be humble and take a number five spot and not complain about it and not insist that he's suddenly some sort of star on this team? Because clearly he is uh, going to be a very distant fourth or fifth on this defensive core. Can he handle that? Is he Does he have enough left in the tank? All those kinds of questions, Eric Carlson, I think, would be a good resource to find out. And, and maybe, you know, there's other defensemen that I, I've seen on the UFA market that didn't make a lot of money. I looked at, you asked me to look at Dion Phaneuf's 
advanced stats. I mean, he played on on a bad team. You know, LA's was bad. You know, and Dion Phaneuf had one number that stuck out on his stat line. He was minus twenty one. It looked terrible. I looked at his advanced stats, and he's middle of the pack on that team in terms of the more advanced stats like Corsi percentage and Fenwick percentage and those kinds of things. He he played pretty sheltered minutes. He started more often in the offensive zone than the defensive zone. Um, his the goalie save percentage when he was on the ice was not good. That may or may not be related to his play. Maybe he gave up all these high quality shots and that's why his plus minus was so bad. Or maybe he was just really unlucky and that's why his plus minus was so bad. Sure. I think the jury's out whether Dion Phaneuf is a total piece of garbage on the blue line at this point <laughs> or not. There's well, some there's some other guys I looked around that are maybe more amenable to this kind of Okay. I wonder if we're gonna say the same name here. We might say the same name. Because I I'm looking to the east. I'm looking to the East on a not very good team. Okay. And I'm looking to a guy that was relatively in the same position on his team as Dion Phaneuf. I don't know if we're looking at the same guy. We're not right now, but okay. keep go ahead. I'm looking at a guy who has a last name that you've heard of, but a first name you don't think about very often, and that's Jordy <laughs> Ben. Yeah. Jordy Ben is a guy who made a little over a million dollars last year, and he was fine. Was he great? He was not great. But he's playing with Shea Weber and four other young defensemen that Montreal seems to have a pretty good core of young sure. defensemen at this, at this point. And he was sort of last on that list because right. if you got Shea Weber and four young defensemen, you're not going to pl- be playing 31-year-old Jody Ben a lot of minutes. Right. But he was fine, just fine. And he's the guy who, if you can get him for a million dollars or less than a million dollars, I would not hesitate to plug him into the number five spot. I don't know that that player is going to be available at that price. I think maybe he was too good last year to play at a minimum or close to a, a minimum salary. Maybe. Here's the name, dude, that I think makes a lot of sense for a lot of reasons, but it's risky. David Schlemko. No. Okay. <laughs> it's risky. Okay. But it could be a home run. You're smiling now. I, don't, I am. I, I'm not sure you believe it yourself. I do. Oh, okay. I do believe it. And okay. I think it's very possible, but it's risky and it could bomb. You're not just trolling In me. a huge way. No. Mark Mathot. Hear me out. Really? Mark Mathot missed the majority of last year with a knee injury. He's missed the majority of the last two years with injuries, right? Mark Mathot was... Eric Carlson's D partner partner on that magical run. He is an unrestricted free agent. He has damaged goods. If you are Mark Mathot, would you consider taking the veterans minimum for one year to prove your value to the NHL by playing a full season on a Stanley Cup contender and doing all the things that you do great, which is playing D and blocking shots and being shotgun to a cowboy like Eric Carlson. I don't think that's crazy. I think it's possible, but it's contingent on how close he is to being healthy, right? I read a whole article on The Athletic in April about Mark Mathot says, I always have to prove people wrong. Mark Mathot's relentless quest to heal his knee. So, you know, if, if the medicals check out and the Sharks think that maybe he's close and maybe he'll only miss part of the year. Do you want to gamble on having Shimmick and Mathot back there with two gimpy knees, right? Yeah. But if it's the veterans minimum, right? That's isn't not, it worth a roll of the dice? It's worth a roll of the dice. Because if it's right, then you could have yeah. a home run yeah. in a huge way. Yeah. 
Or yeah. one year. It seems less crazy than Dion Phaneuf, to be honest with you. <laughs> well, if I could choose, there's no question. I would pick Mark Mathot. There's no question. Right. If I could choose between the two, I think that because of the, the track record and the you know what we know the player can do, I think it's worth the, the risk unless his knee is worse than what you know we, we know. But just based on what we know about Mark Mathot, I think that that's the right way to go. I want to throw one more out at you. All right. Too. All right. This is not a defenseman. Okay. okay. Close your eyes. Uh-oh. I want you to envision another player who was bought out in an unthinkable position playing next to Joe Thornton on the third line, a San Jose Shark on the veteran minimum, Corey Perry. <laughs> wow. Veteran minimum, no chance. Why not? He just... Why not? He's, he's, he's going to get all this money. He's getting a player like that. He's getting his money, right? So if you're him, do you want to go play in Edmonton and be on a terrible team and make more money? Or do you want to win another cup? You're getting the money. I don't know. He's getting the money. There's no way he's going to take better minimum. There's Why way, not? There's way too many teams that will offer him more. Way too many. Sure. Okay, you're right. He probably could get paid to go play in Arizona or, or to go play in you know, the depths of hell, right? But if you want to win a cup and you want to, you want to, no better way, dude. Listen, hear me out. No better way to turn around to Anaheim with a giant gloved middle finger and go sign with the Sharks for the veterans minimum. Be like, thanks guys. Yeah. Thanks. I'm free. And here I am. I'm going to play you guys six times. I'm going to haunt you all the way in your dreams. It's going to be your worst nightmare <laughs> when I take it to you six times. Oh my God. Dude, I, I, this is where I mean I'm not and and maybe these guys are not the right guys as an example, but I think the Sharks are going to be looking to fill out their roster with players like this. Mm-hmm. We've seen the Warriors and several other NBA teams do this, where you've got guys who are at odd places in their career, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, Corey Perry, a a star, a star hockey player, yeah. who's at an odd spot in his career, and he's not in a place where I mean. The Ducks are in a transition and they don't need Corey Perry anymore. It's not, it makes no sense for the Ducks to hold on to Corey Perry. And just because they got rid of him doesn't mean that he sucks. It just means that he's not the right fit for the Ducks, which I think is the right move on their part because, you know, they need to go younger. They need to retool whatever you want to call it. Sure, he's not worth $8.6 million a year. Of course he's not. But, Right. But here's the question, dude. I mean, I think the Sharks, because of their cap situation, would not be able to offer him very much money. Oh. And, and I think there's a lot of middle... Why wouldn't Dallas offer him money? If I was Dallas, Dallas yeah. need, Lord knows Dallas needs scoring. Dallas and, is a playoff team. They beat Nashville. Sure. Why wouldn't Dallas offer him 4 or $5 million? Yeah. The Sharks can't do that. I, he wouldn't be coming here for the money. I know. He wouldn't be. Like, he'd be coming here because... He wants to win. Like right. he wants to win. And and what if you're looking around the landscape and you you're Corey Perry, you've you've made over a hundred million dollars in your career. Oh yeah. And you're thirty four years old and you want to try and reestablish your value because the last three seasons have been you know, he played thirty one games, then he had seventeen he had forty nine points in seventy one games the year before that. Right? Not great. Not great. You know, not great. Not as good as Kevin LeBanc, yeah, right? Yeah. If you want to reestablish your value going into your 35-year-old year, right, then go play with a good team. 
Go play with a good team. And maybe it's not us. Maybe he signs with Tampa or maybe he signs with Boston. Boy, he's perfect for yeah. somewhere like that, right? Or he goes to the Flyers or he goes to a team where he's going to be playing with guys who are younger and better. They're going to make him look good. I just think the thought of Joe Thornton and Corey Perry on the same line so makes me laugh out loud. So like, I mean, it'd be so funny. You know, I floated this to somebody today and like, oh my God, what a vile, like awful <laughs> thing. I was like, but think about it. It'd be awesome though. It's that he's exact. He, it's like Rafi Torres. Yeah. You hated that guy until he was on your team and right. he's on your team. Greatest dude ever, right? (laughs) Greatest dude ever. You're not wrong. I don't know. I just think it's interesting, right? Dude, we're jumping around. We've jumped past. Sure. Well, we know what the obvious topic is here. We've jumped past the player that not only is available, but now we know wants to come to the Sharks and maybe only the Sharks. Sure. And that is former Shark, certainly one of the faces on the Mount Rushmore of Sharks history, Patrick Marlowe. Right. Yeah, I mean, there's one scenario under which this can happen that I can see. Marlowe gets traded to another team in a similar deal that I proposed for Carlson and Dell. Toronto, if they would have to want to get rid of him. They, they, they don't want him around. They don't want his cap hit. Well, they don't. So they, they, they want him out. They got to sign. So they're going to have guys. to attach some sort of young asset or draft pick to a team that has cap space that's willing to take him and then buy him out, right? that won't hurt their team and they're acquiring an asset for their trouble, right? We've seen this with other players. Teams do this, right? So you trade him to wherever, Siberia, and he is you know, released and then he comes and plays for the Sharks for the veterans minimum. Right. Nothing. This seems very unlikely. I think it's going to happen. No way. Oh, I, I just lost a bet about Eric Carlson. Shall we make another one about Patrick Marlowe? Absolutely. Patrick Marlowe is on the San Jose Sharks next year. Opening day? Yep. Okay, opening day. Another lunch. Okay, lunch. Delicious. <laughs> you know you're going to lose. I know. I lose uh, every day. He's going to be on the team. Well, I lose every bet. What? Well, here's the reason why. Because if you're if it's a veteran's minimum, right, 700000 which is the only way they would ever... They can do it. They can't do it any other way. Right. Would, would you rather have Lukas Radil or Patrick Marlowe? Radil couldn't even get into the lineup at the end of the year. I know. Like, but why would two other teams, why would Toronto do that for the Sharks? And why would the other team do that for the Sharks? Because Toronto would save $5.5 million in cap space because the other team is getting a whatever serious asset, at least a mid round pick or um, a young player. And that's what they want out of it. They don't want Marlowe. Right. You know, and I don't know that they're. I mean, the other thing is if Toronto could just say, you know what, screw you, Patrick Barlow, and if 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 you don't, we're calling your bluff. If you don't want to play, play, then don't show up, and we'll suspend you, and we'll get the cap savings. Oh, anyways. I think he's going to play. I think he's going. I think you he think plays. he'll. Sh- I think they don't want his cap space because sure, they want to sign they Mitch Martin. Of course, and they need to. Yeah, which is why that deal was stupid to begin with. Right, it's true. Right, so, um, nah. Yep. Nah, yes, nah, nah, it's nah, gonna nah, happen, nah, nah. or he retires. I'm retiring, I think, but he won't. Likely. No, he won't do that. He doesn't want to leave. He's gonna get his money, and he's gonna get to to play for the Sharks again. He's gonna play ten more years, like Jumbo. No, he'll play one. This Speaking is, of Jumbo, well, okay, well, yeah, Jumbo's back too. Jumbo's back too, which I think we all knew that that was yeah that was coming, and Jumbo's gonna have to play for the minimum too. You yeah, know, yeah. If they want everybody to be back, which I think is the point here, right? 
Clearly. And let me be clear about something. I don't know that I want Patrick Marlowe back on this team. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm just saying I think it's going to happen. I'm not sure. I'm not sure I don't that. know yeah. that I want him back. And just the, but also on the other side of it, the ice coldness of the whole thing, if Toronto trades him and the other team buys him out and then the Sharks refuse to sign him, like <laughs> the, just the total frigidness of it. That would never happen. I mean, Marlowe would know. Marlowe wouldn't agree to the trade unless he knew that the Sharks would sign him. Right. So that's Which not I think happen. that they will. I think that they would. If you could get Patrick Marlowe to play on the fourth line, he is better than the other options that they have. It's true. So then you do it yeah. for the minimum. I wouldn't absorb any more than that. You know, there are other uh, there are other fourth line options out there too, dude. I mean, our old friend Eric Fair is yeah. back on the market, right? Yeah, yeah, we know that worked. Bring him back, right? Sure. Um, another player who is going to unrestricted free agency that we know very well that was not retained by the Vegas Golden Knights, Ryan Carpenter. All of a sudden, wouldn't look so bad on the Sharks' fourth line. I guess not. And I don't think he's going to get a payday, right? So, um. There are options out there. I just don't, you know, I think that those will be the things that will be happening later in the process and that if some of these players are still out there later, the higher the likelihood that they might just want to come, you know, uh, be part of what could be a magic carpet ride with the San Jose Sharks, right? The Sharks can tie up Carlson, Meyer, and LeBanc, and Pavelski somehow magically while shedding... Braun and Carlson and Dell Steels. I mean, D- Doug Wilson for Democratic nominee. I, I mean, know. like, yeah. I mean, it's truly I'd magical take, economics. I'd take him over Gillibrand. <laughs> for sure. For sure. Oh, dude. There's a lot left to come. Yeah. And then you certainly, there is that big surprise move that could be out there that we're not even considering right that we're not even thinking yeah there could be other stuff in the work of you know we're not talking about i mean jonas donskoy i'm assuming at this point is gone Mm -hmm. right you know and i I don't know that he even has much of a market but you assume that he's gone you know um might you know i I don't know what trading barkley goudreau gets you he's still a very inexpensive player even trading a marcus Sorensen, i don't know that that that's worth doing. He's making $1.5 million and he had 17 goals last year. Like, I don't know, for $1.5 million, you get 17 goals. I mean, he was not good in the playoffs, but like still, yeah. I don't know that you can get that kind of production out of anybody else. I mean, do you think, Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at some of these other players out here who have no, you know, there's no way that they would move Hurdle. You don't move Hurdle to keep Pavelski. No, no, no. And that's no, ridiculous. No, no. You know? And Evander Kane's got a no trade. Plus, you're not going to move him the year after you right. signed him. No, no, no. Like, that's garbage, and that's not going to help anybody either. So. I think we know what the plan is. Oh, I think we know what the plan is. They're going to have to salary dump Carlson and Dell to keep Pavelski. And but they already did the biggest, most important first step was to keep Eric Carlson in San Jose for a very long time, which is just still kind of unbelievable. It's exciting, dude. I mean, you know, are there risks to this? Absolutely. Oh yeah. There's risks to any long term contract. Could he continue to struggle with injury? Yes. But the Sharks the Sharks, they're they're in it to win it. Like they No doubt. If they can put together the team that was there, 
last year and somehow add a, a piece or two. Or right? even just shore up the fourth line, you know? You don't have to like add some eye-popping name. You add an Eric Fair or one of these guys that sure. you never think about as being an important piece of a Stanley Cup winning team and all of a sudden you don't have a huge liability on the fourth line that only plays seven minutes a night. You can play those guys 10, 11 minutes and that just makes the whole rest of the team that much better. And you know, there are, you know, the two, uh, players that are the sort of the Don Scoy, uh, Suamela specials from the off season, right. Or from is actually where they were signed during the season. Joel Kelman, right. Mm -hmm. 25 year old player coming over from, Swedish Elite League, dude, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, this guy is a 25-year-old veteran of that league. A cons- his resume looks incredibly similar yeah. to what some of these other guys have had before they're coming over, right? You've got a player like that. you got Daniil y- Yurkataiken or whatever the, coming over from the KHL. Another guy who played for, he's played, you know, at least two seasons in the KHL, a 22-year-old player, not a draft pick, right? These guys are being brought over to compete for these spots, right? Well, there's also some prospects like Sasha Chmielewski that's yeah, still I think the Sharks are very high on. Maybe they, maybe they could take the next step. And maybe they can. You know, maybe you're going to see one of these guys, you know, step up or, you know, uh, uh, and, and, take that spot you know there's there's lots of options here but they've got to address the uh the shopping list dude and i think the next step the thing that we should look for next is the contracts of at least timo meyer i think we're going to see that next i think we'll see that uh for the end of the month dude but it's exciting yeah eric carlson welcome to san jose for now and for all the years to come dude the draft is tomorrow wow <laughs> so uh, might be more fireworks the, the, and, and possible right i mean the sharks uh had four picks uh going into the draft now they have five uh acquiring those two picks from philly so they've got a second a third a fifth a sixth and a seventh um you know the, the sharks and we we've, we've certainly talked about this a lot that the sharks have certainly done a lot of their damage by uh cashing in on Low round picks like Joe Pavelski and yeah. Justin Braun and yeah. hitting, having higher success right even with those picks than even some of their higher picks. Yeah. So, uh, and they do very well on the European foreign free agent market, bringing in Melker Carlson and Jonas Donskoy and Marcus Sorensen. You know, those uh, players have all been successful pieces of what the Sharks have done. Yeah. Well, dude, it's exciting. It's exciting. We'll be back again soon to talk about all the new things that are bound, no doubt, about to happen. Yeah, there'll definitely be some news, dude. Fire it up. Fire it up. Hate the show? Want to get your questions on the air? Email questions at dudesonhockey.com. Dudes on Hockey is not affiliated with the Sensei Sharks organization or the National Hockey League.